Welcome, welcome to the Sharp Way. Yes, Larry Sharp here yet again on a Monday evening from 8 to 10, two of the best, most important hours of your week. And yes, you much must listen to all two hours. It is rule. Uh, thank you for so much for joining me. I'm very lucky yet again. Only amazing guests on the show. Another man who runs fitness, fuel, and fire across the river just for me. The man, the myth, legend himself, Ashante First. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Absolutely. Thanks, man. You know the thing about you that really, I guess, made me want to connect to you more than so many others is that so many people who are kind of in your world, they really are just the gun guy. That's kind of who they are. That's not you. You are the self-defense betterment guy. That's kind of who you are. You are about you're about guns too, yes? Absolutely. But you're also about health. You're about fitness. You're about self-defense. You're about your mind. You're about all that stuff. I, I think it's all connected. You know, being prior military, mm-hmm. you understand that being able to shoot but being out of shape they don't go hand in hand. <laughs> That's correct. Yes, uh, right. absolutely. So carrying everything, and um, there's no way you're going to carry a full load and still be able to defend yourself. Absolutely. All right. And then in a lot of situations that we understand where we are today, mm-hmm. that sometimes you won't be able to have a firearm. That's true. And absolutely. You, and you're going to have to be able to have some hand-to-hand skills. Oh, I call them get them in the hell up off of me skills. Get them the hell off me skills. I like uh, that. And you must have that. There, there was, you know, you brought that up. This is interesting. There's a friend of mine from years ago. He told me something. He said, one of the best reasons why you want to have that is for when you travel, mm. right? Because when you're in your own community, very often you kind of know what's right and what's wrong. You can kind of feel things out better, know where you should be, where you shouldn't be. You might have some friends. You mm. feel safer usually in your own community. Mm. But when you're not in your community... That's when you may not be able to read the cues effectively and know what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. He said that that's the most important time to have those get off off me skills. You gotta have that. Because when you're not where you normally know and feel and understand, then all of a sudden now someone comes at you, you gotta take care of yourself then. Absolutely. But what it does, it takes situational awareness to a whole nother level. All right. So, so some of the skills being situationally aware in our communities that allows us to be a little bit more comfortable, as you put it. Yep. Right. But um, going to a a strange environment, new environment, vacationing with Mm. your family, your kids, you know, it takes it to a whole nother level. And like I said, sometimes you have to be able to pick up on the cues because you are a soft target now Mm -hmm. because as a tourist, we do tourist things. Yes. We have tourist type conversations and we're more into taking selfies and pictures and talking about who we're going to send something back for. And if anyone who's really out looking, mm-hmm. you become a target. Yes. And, and you, brought up the, you brought up a very important a very important phrase, and that is soft target. Hmm. And a lot of people mm-hmm. who listen to this or watch this may not know what that means. Hmm. Can you kind of explain what that soft – I mean, know what it means, obviously, but some of the people out here will not. I've used the phrase before when it came to – School shootings. I use the idea right, of a school right. being a soft target, or sometimes right. if the school isn't a soft target, the church or temple might be a soft target. Um, um, but but again, you laid it out. Um, anywhere people are um, tend to let their guards down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, again, schools. But let's talk about other areas okay. that people don't tend to consider, like the gym. 
the gym. No, I wouldn't think of that at all. You You're wouldn't right. think. Like I, I put out a poll once and asked how many concealed carriers, mm -hmm. legal concealed carriers, have their firearms with them in the gym and not in their locker. Mm. Okay? Think about that now. You got your headphones on. You're into your vanity. Right. You're into something. Like that, into you, your vanity. I like that's, that. That's exactly what happens. No, no, there. I like it. Yeah. And, and so um, you tend to uh, let your guard down. Mm-hmm. All right? You're getting, your, you're getting that in. Mm -hmm. mm. Do you know how to play the mirrors? Ah, uh, right. Do sure. you know how to watch a mirror and look at a door? So it's, it's absolute awareness. Soft targets, anywhere where people tend to get too comfortable, mm -hmm. you know. And so when I sit and we, pro you know, propose ideas um, to people, we ask them to look at things in places that they would never even consider. Mm. Right. So they always want to look at the bigger places. Sure. But I'm always your local eatery, mm -hmm. that Saturday night spot where everybody's getting toasted. Right. Are you ready? And so these are some of the things that we employ. Shanta, that, that sounds that 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 sounds just I mean exhausting. It sounds exhausting. I gotta be on my guard when I'm having my local pizza. I don't um, eat pizza. I'm on keto. <clears throat> but in theory, right? My, you know, I'm eating my local pizza. I gotta be on guard. I, I'm. It's exhausting. Um, it would be, and one would think it would be. And again, um, I was once told paranoia is the highest form of awareness. Mm -hmm. but not paranoid to the sense where I need to be medicated. But to the point where you now sitting in restaurants, do you know how to exactly sit? Mm -hmm. When you're sitting with your children and you're really having a wonderful time, do you still strategically sit? It's just basic stuff. I well, mean, you know, you're bringing up something that's it's funny. My wife teases me. Some people know that when I was in the, in the Marine Corps, my second tour, I spent some time in intelligence. Mm. My first tour, I was on the ground side. The second side, my second tour, I was much more on the air side and I was on the intelligence side. And I went to a couple of intelligence schools. I went to some counterterrorism schools, you know, that sort of, some of that stuff. So I was taught how to recognize an ambush mm. in a car, right? So to this day, I was trained so much to think about that when I was a driver, when I was an A driver, right? I was always trained to do that. And I did years thinking about the being trained how to do that, right? And going through the exercise and such. That's 30 years ago. To this day, if I'm driving in Queens and all of a sudden a car stops me on a block, I stop, I stop backing up. Mm -hmm. And my wife laughs at me and goes, what are you doing? I'm going ambush. I just, I, I just instinctively. And in this case, I'm not actually aware it's training that kicked in. Like, I'm not thinking, oh, my God, I'm driving around Queens. Somebody might ambush me. I'm not thinking that at all. But it's a beautiful but thing to have. But the second I see it, I immediately stop and I stop backing up. It's a beautiful thing to have. It's a beautiful thing to make sure your loved ones think that way as mm -hmm. well. Okay? Because when the alpha is taken, can the rest of the troops <laughs> yes. handle their business in a methodical and a calm way, not where uh, um, this is real talk now. And now we are having to level up our thinking in so far as home preparation. Mm -hmm. Again, the self-defense scenario. Right. We'll talk a scenario. Most men I find are providers. Sure. They really do a wonderful job with their two jobs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes 17, 18, mm -hmm. 19 and a half hours, mm -hmm. two jobs. Paying that rent and mortgage, you're really doing a wonderful job. Your children are portly right now because they're, <laughs> you know, they're eating well. Yeah, because you can afford to give them some desserts. Do you understand right? what mm -hmm. I'm saying, soldier? Yeah. 
But the point being is that you're home almost, you're away from home almost 19 hours. Are your portly children and your wife that's comfortable able to protect themselves if three of us came and kicked in their door mm -hmm. while you're more than 10 miles away from work providing right but not also adding the protectors element mm -hmm. to family protection no i i get it and, and i guess what i was trying to get at with what i said was it was the idea of of planning and training versus awareness right I know we want to be aware. I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I just I can't imagine my family being aware so much, right? So I'll give you another true true story. Um, years ago, I think it was 2000. Was it three or four? There was a blackout in New York City. I forgot what year it was. It was maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Blackout in New York City. Maybe 15 years ago. I'm guessing, right? I had already talked to my wife about how she gets out of the city if something goes wrong. Most people don't know this, but in New York City, if they ever blow the bridges or blow the tunnels, whatever the case may be. They're not going to know there are many bridges up north that go to the Bronx, right? No one knows that. Right. You only know that if you live in the Bronx. I used to live in the Bronx. I know that. So I told my wife where to meet me in case it's an attack and they blow the bridges out and no one can get through on the cell phones, right? And I know it's a place we're going to meet. We know that. But I also said if something goes wrong in a city and the bridges are, 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 are not blown, where to meet me? In this case, I had a spot we're going to meet outside the Marine Corps recruiting's office because she can't forget that because I was a Marine. Mm -hmm. Right across the 59th Street Bridge. Mm -hmm. And anything goes wrong, meet me there. When the blackout happened, I was actually exactly what you said. I was in Jersey on a sales job. So the blackout happens. I jump on. What happens, I jump onto the Judge Jordan Bridge. The cops aren't around because they're all directing traffic because right. there's no lights. Right. So I literally cross GW Bridge at 100 miles an hour because there's no cops to stop me. I get down and I drive to the Marine Corps recruiting station there. No one can Everyone's on the cell phones. The cell phones, the towers are down. I'll wait there about 20 minutes. There's my wife with her friends. Walks right up to me. And her friend's like, oh my God, you were right. He's here. I said, yep. She's like, yes, we made a plan. We made a plan. So when something happened, she said, come with me to where my husband will be and he'll drive you home. Mm -hmm. And we didn't communicate. We couldn't communicate at all. She just knew that's where I would be. And I knew to... Hustle my ass there as soon as I could to make sure that yes. when she got off that bridge, yes. I was there. And she walked across the bridge yes. and got me. And that's what we're talking about. So it covers you know many bases. So with the whole fitness piece, you have to be fit yes. um, to even get there. Absolutely. So, so, How are you going to walk <clears throat> across the bridge? Come on now. We did, we, yep. we did and do something called survival walk where we walk. Can you say that again? A survival walk. Okay. So we simulate mentally a Hurricane Katrina type situation. Okay. So you can only bring water and protein bars. Water and protein That's bars. That's it. Okay. And so, so, so we'll give you a scenario. We'll walk from Stanford, Connecticut. Okay. All the way through to Norwalk, Connecticut. Okay. That would be trying to get from one parish to the other simulation. Wow. Okay. okay. So as you're doing this walk now, if the kids can't make it, do we stop and wait for them? Mm. Or do the parents have to turn back and go back to the starting point? Because those are the ones who fell off. Got it. And we have to walk all the way through to Norwalk and turn around and walk all the way back. How much is the time? How, to, how long did they get to do it? It took about four hours. But um, you're talking, you're doing. But the whole idea is not really time. Can you do it? Got it. Okay. Okay. We, we, we're just doing it. So we don't put a time on it. 
So psychologically, do you have the wherewithal with not, you know, with nothing? Right. Just some protein bars and water. <laughs> right. Okay. Because usually if situation happen, it's going to catch you off guard. Right. Are you going to panic? Can you rock out? And th- that's, you brought up a very valid point, right? We, we're never going to be ready for the unexpected, true right? That. I mean, that's not true. We're not going to be expecting the unexpected. We can be ready for it. True. But we can't <clears throat> expect the unexpected. So all of a sudden, it happens. So how can we at least react in a way that makes sense? And what I always say to most of the people around me is, I can't control people around me. But if I can give them the example, many will follow. We would hope. We would hope because we're involved with a lot of people in the community that has like Aton Edwards and brothers like that and brother Barry Crumley who have been doing this whole survivalist thing mm-hmm. and preparations walking from, uh, where's this, in Peekskill, the nuclear reactor. Mm-hmm. They did that walk from Peekskill oh, yeah. all the way over to Battery Park, you know, to, to, to simulate. Wow. You have to get out. So these are the, the people... I would like you to also... Uh, many, what's that? How many miles is that? 40 miles? But understand the science. How many miles? What's the wow. evacuation area? Right, right. If, if it blew up, man. Right. Okay. Any point. And do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? What is the evacuation? How many miles out are we going to have to go out? Right. You know, so this is not... A, you know, these are some of the things that we do with Fitness Unify and some of the, the, the individuals we're connected with. And Aton Edwards would be a good person for you to link up. And I would hope sometime in the very near future... I would like to hook you two guys up. Okay. I think you guys have amazing things in common. And I think he's a very, very valuable ally. So Now, but there's, a, there's an issue here that I know people are thinking. You are a pro-Second Amendment advocate in a world that usually isn't very pro-Second Amendment. How do you get around that? Like, I mean, there's got to be people who look at you and go, why in the world would you want a gun? Guns are bad. Guns kill people. Guns are terrible. You got to deal with that. Gotta, you got to be up against it. I am. I know you got to be. I'm, I'm up against it. But now, Larry, through time, and time is a wonderful thing, I'm learning how to choose my battles. Mm, okay. And, and I'm learning now to address starting out to deal with individuals who get it. Okay. Okay, I want to start with like vibrations first. Sure. Because that will um, give me the support or buttress my movement because I have like minds with me and it'll give me enough energy to go out here and deal <laughs> with those that are, I don't want to, I'm going to just say it straight. Say The biggest enemy that I've discovered in dealing with the African-American community thus far in my journey mm-hmm. because I plan on taking 360 degrees of the pie. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to go for a percentage. Mm-hmm. Jesus is my biggest obstacle. Really? Why? Because um, it's the church and religion and my mm-hmm. Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being ugly and I'm not trying to come off in a manner that's disrespectful to anyone's belief. Sure. No, no, go ahead. Talk but to me. Um, when my brother uh, um, Dylan Roof rolled up in that church in South Carolina, Jesus didn't mm-hmm. show up. That is correct. Yes, he 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 wasn't there mm-hmm. uh, uh, because if if Jesus was there, a few other people would have had a couple of nines to hold that down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, because they would have you know turned and apply a uh, cloak for a gun mm-hmm. or something like that. So, and what I'm dealing with, that's my biggest obstacle, and I want to see if I can strike a balance to say that um you can still believe in what you believe in, 
but it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and to call on something that ain't gonna be there. And I'll give you another sidebar. Okay. That thought came from me from the Mount the Count of Monte Cristo. Okay. When they put him in the prison mm-hmm. and they chained him up mm-hmm. and said, There's one thing you can depend on, and it'll be this ass whooping every year. Mm-hmm. And they told him, You can call on your Lord, but you can believe this. He never shows up. Mm. Do you follow? Look, I'm with you. The thing I have, right? I actually don't mind if somebody is passive and and decides. I remember I was talking to a woman. This has got to be 20 years ago. I used to be a, a chief instructor at an English school many yes. years ago. It was a woman who was completely and totally like I am just a, a pacifist, pacifist, pacifist. I asked her, I said, would you be a pacifist? If there was a man holding a knife to your throat, threatening to rape you at that, would you? And she said, yes, Larry, I absolutely would. I said, so even because, yes, she goes, Larry, I've been in similar situations and I'm a pacifist and I would rather try to talk my way out of it. And I would rather, if need be, let him have it. So it's her words. Let him have it and deal with it later. She said that. I said, okay. I said, would you be against another woman stabbing him? And this is why I was okay with her. She said, no, that's her choice. Mm, respect. And that's where I'm okay with, right? If you're saying I'm a pacifist, I'm not doing violence no matter what, mm. okay. Mm-hmm. But would you stop someone who's saying I'm not letting that happen to me? And sadly, I think what you're telling me is that some people would. They would. Some people would say, no, you may not. I'm saying if you want to be a pacifist, that's on you. I don't have a problem with that. But you can't stop somebody else or shouldn't stop somebody else. From deciding they're not going to happen to him. I'm I'm saying this, that um, logic and balance is going to have to win out at some point. You're going to have to look at the times in which you find yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to make spiritual and um, personal adjustments Mm -hmm. to the times in which you find yourself. All right? Now, again, if you're a pacifist, that's fine. But what I do find when a a pacifist is assaulted... And they get the hell beat out of them. They call on someone that's got a gun. Mm, yep. And often true. You you know. And I mean, why, why do you need to call upon him when you could have empowered and emboldened yourself with the same um, protections? So it's uh, funny when I when I talk about firearms in general <laughs> to people in New York City specifically, right? In that world, I will very often start my conversation with, "Hey, everybody, who in this room?" owns a firearm and almost everybody will not will say nothing not me not me not me and i say actually we all own firearms we're just letting the cops hold them right now we bought them with our taxes we bought those guns the cops are holding them and when we have a problem we call our guns yeah and the guns come so we all own guns so if you're saying you're anti-gun you're just anti-gun except cops having your guns so you're not actually anti-gun so it's a whole different issue. I, I try. I, see, so that goes in the area where I pick my battles. Go ahead, please. Tell me. I try just to talk to people who get it. I try to go to the youth. Where we be talking and the angle in which I'm coming from is trying to introduce, uh, introduce a whole community to the 4-H club mm. and the history of the 4-H club and how that has played a role in shooting. But there's an African-American and Latin community, Indian community. There's a whole failings of individuals now that could take advantage of this program. What we try to also talk about is um, 
the scholarships that are offered. Not There's only two schools in New York that offer shooting scholarships, which is John Jay and Marist College Makes only. Mm-hmm. Okay? But what we want to do is now start talking to the youth. We want mm, more Tiger Woods and more Venuses in the shooting game insofar as the Olympics are concerned. Mm, sure. I, I'm talking about some of the air rifles and some of the wonderful shooting competitions that go far beyond the stereotype. Well, New York State's <clears throat> trying to get rid of all of that. Well, I mean, they're actively trying to get rid of any type of pro to a gun sportsman, anything. They're trying their best to get rid of all of that. Indeed, indeed they are, my brother. But um, we cannot allow that to stop us. However, there are other schools that offer scholarships (laughs) for shooting. You can leave New York. No one has to... Don't leave New York. Don't listen to them. Don't leave New York. I mean, not leave you... (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Listen, man. Uh (laughs) Uh, Leave in the sense of Adventure. Leave in a sense of journey. Oh, sure. Yes. Leave. The, I've done that before. The, the only way yeah, I can shoot is youth. I take my wife to another state. Yeah, when I'm talking to the youth and I'm talking about there, you don't need a basketball scholarship or baseball right now or football there. Take that shooting scholarship. You just got to go to shooting class, but you still get a full scholarship. Right, right. All right. So when it's I overlooked s- a lot, I yeah, agree. Yes. yes. So all I'm saying is leave, experience something different, come back and bring another vibration to the community. We're talking about shooting teams Mm -hmm. that travel all over the earth, Larry, Mm -hmm. that there's a whole community that has not participated in any of this, brother. And we're only talking about the three gun, the two gun, the skeet shooting competitions Mm -hmm. that they tend to form brotherhoods and friendships for life. Sure. And it tends to transcend the stereotype of firearm operation in our community. I agree completely. Okay. Let, let me, let me, if I could, do you guys like what you're hearing today? You want to join the program? You want to talk to us? You want to ask some questions about those things? That's amazing. Join the program. Give us a call. 573-427-5463. Give us a buzz. Let us know what you think. Happy to have the conversation if you want to. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, of course, you can also... Uh, Take a couple seconds to type up there on YouTube if you like, or give us a buzz. If you like what you're hearing in general and you want to support the show, if you want to help us out, please help us out. Head on over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Give what you can. $9 here, $28 there, $500 in place else. Give as much as you can give. We're happy. This this costs money and takes time. Indeed. So thank you so much for uh, for supporting us. I want to... Take our first call of the evening, if I could. It's someone who actually wants to talk about the budget, I think. So I'm not sure he's going to be uh, happy with what you're saying. We'll see. We're talking to uh, Danny from New York. Danny, how are you? Been good, Larry. How have you been? I'm doing great. What's going on? So not a lot. Just wanted to call in and ask you and Ashanti. um, my, My question is about the state budget. Okay. Um. So... I just wanted to get a little bit of background on it. Um, why do we have a, um, a $6.1 billion deficit yep. for the state? Sure. Let me, let me, uh, well, Shani's actually from Jersey, right? I'm from Connecticut. Connecticut. Sorry, Connecticut. Sorry, Connecticut. So he came down. So his state's almost as bad as ours. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey. Almost, but we still got to beat. That. Yes. Um, <laughs> let me give it. when I ran for governor, I said this to many people, right? The idea is that, we're, we're losing 150,000 people every single year. 
This is just uh-huh. basic math, not even common core special math, regular math. Our budget keeps mm-hmm. getting bigger and the number of people in the state keeps getting smaller. Tax base has to rise. Raising right. taxes is very unpopular. So it's very rare now in New York State that we blatantly raise taxes. What we do instead is we add things like fines and fees and tolls and all those other things. Well, then people stop mm-hmm. paying them, right? If you notice, the Arizona Bridge now is the most expensive bridge in the nation. $18 to cross that bridge one way. 15 to cross you your No. 18 <laughs> one way. Uh, the George Washington 15 one way. Triborough's 15 one way. Yep. Insanely bad. If you are... A, v- a, a large vehicle, a commercial vehicle, you pay per axle. So if you're mm-hmm. an 18-wheeler truck and you've got, what, one, two, three, four, five axles, multiply that by five, that's how much you're paying to cross a bridge one way. Wow. 75 bucks to cross a bridge one way, 150 bucks to cross it twice. Wow. There and back. That's what's happening now. Now, when that begins to happen, what happens? People stop crossing the bridge, right? So mm-hmm. you put the fines and fees in place, and then people stop paying the fines and fees. The taxes aren't raised. Boom. Budget issue. But there's a bigger budget budget issue. We don't cut spending ever. If you notice when I ran mm-hmm. for governor, I actually didn't talk mm-hmm. about cutting taxes. I talked about lowering spending so that I could push surpluses down to the communities so the communities could decide what taxes they wanted to relieve on their local people in their counties. That was the entire goal behind my plan. So the reason why we have a budget is several fold. One, less people with a higher budget. Two, you actually have a situation where we don't stop spending. But the biggest one of all of these things is we have a situation to where our pension, our pension bomb in New York State is exploding. I talked about it again and again and again, and people kept saying, but Larry, our pension's well-funded. Yes, because the taxpayers are funding it. That is exactly why. The the budget was a I'm sorry, the pension was about twelve to fifteen percent of the budget. It's even higher now, and the budget's higher. So the percentage has gone up and the actual size has gone up. Just New York City has over a ninety billion dollar budget. Just New York City. And so oh. you add all of that together and what winds up happening? Deficit, deficit, deficit. So now what have they done? They make harsher taxes, harsher rules, which means more people leave. Now, actually, New York City is losing population for the first time in several years. It's losing population, too. And Connecticut. Connecticut, too? That's going down. Yep. Um, Tell me, Shani. Please, go ahead. Hey, listen, brother. I'm just talking about... I'm not really on the political side of no the worries, but you're stuff. feeling it too. But I, I feel it. But I'm just like trying to find a way out of the matrix to a degree mm-hmm. and try to be more self-sufficient and not so much um, dependent upon a machine mm-hmm. that is not geared for my benefit or my future. Absolutely okay, true. Okay, so um, I'm ap- I'm trying to find other streams in other ways. Of securing a future, mm-hmm. um, juxtaposed to um, you know, asking criminals who only are going to pad their pockets and ship out yes. money that's going to outsource. It's not coming to the average person because Absolutely. I've noticed a trend that if we talk about budget and how things are, please, how old people are 
working in supermarkets now. Yes, absolutely. They're packing bags and they're actually cashiers and they should be in retirement age. Mm-hmm. And I asked a, uh, a young lady, I was like, did you ever imagine you would be doing this? And she was like, she's tears because she says, I've been lied to. Yes, absolutely, yes. So, so everybody now is starting to wake up to the fact that... Um, they have been spiritually raped mm-hmm. and lied to and the diversionary tactics used to distract. Yes. Yeah, well, I got to be, I got to go one step further. You are totally correct. Look, let me explain, Danny, why I think people aren't doing much because of exactly what Ashanti said. There's almost a type of learned helplessness that a lot of people have had. They've been trying and they thought they were doing the right thing and they were working hard and they were told they would do this and then it comes up and 2008, 2009 comes and they lose their pension or they lose their home or the insert thing here, they lose this thing and then all of a sudden there's no way to help them out. There's nothing to happen and they go, now what? But then you get people who invest like the Bernie Madoffs. These yes. guys just rape and pillage Enron yep. and Tyco. Mm-hmm. So, 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 where's the accountability of the average person busting their ass, man? Excuse me. No, and, don't and, say and, it. and they lose their home mm-hmm. 27, 28 years. You putting your babies through this, and then you come along, you. Nah, man. I- I'm with you. Uh, no, man. You can see the system right now. No, man. A- as everyone starts struggling, as you just said, Danny, people are, 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 are we're having a budget deficit. You think that deficit's going to affect the wealthy? No. Not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. And I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, I don't care what you are. Right. It is, if, if you're wealthy, this is not going to affect you. They are simply going to punish the poor and middle class, making the middle class become more of the working poor, which is what's happening now. The middle class become, as you said, you're working two jobs. If you, if you want to have something for your family, you got to work two jobs out of the house. Brother, the myth of a, a, a housewife today is out the window. Yes. Sister girl going to have to get out of here and get at Wendy's and McDonald's That's too, exactly bro. right. She's, she's going to be working at the grocery store too. That's because, right. Because, listen, this is the truth. Yes. Because most men are dying really trying to keep this thing budgeted. Yes. And, and it's not happening for him. Mm-hmm. But because of the stereotype of the mindset that you have to do this, where is it written in the contract that I have to die doing this? Yes, it isn't. But the problem you've brought... Oh, this is so good. You have brought up a very important piece because now I find it. Like, I do a lot of hiring and firing in New York City. Mm. And what I'm finding more and more of is, it's going to sound funny, is women who want daytime, part-time work. They want work that starts around 9.30 because that's when they drop the kids off from school and they're able to get there. And they want work that ends around 2, 2.30 so they can get home, so they can take care of the kids. They can't stay home. Can't stay home. That doesn't work for the for the average woman who wants to take care of her kids. Now, some women, they're fine with a nanny or they're fine with daycare. Some are. Mm. But some aren't. And they want to be part of their child's lives directly. And for those women... They're trying to get four hours of work every day, and they're happy if they're making fifteen, twenty dollars an hour. They're happy they can get it, even if it's going to cost they them. They won't now. be happy when that check come and that guy Fica, thank you, and Fred, yeah. and Barney, <laughs> yes, and El, and 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 Cleve, whoever <laughs> those people are. That I don't know who the hell they are, but they seem to get a piece of my. They get a flesh, man. Yes, they do. do, do you know, and so even when Mama wants to get out of the house, she's deterred or broken because 
This is what I get. I know. Look, and I got to say something, which is going to be off topic, but on topic. Danny, look what you started. It's your fault, Danny. Totally your fault. What you I had started. a question. Okay. I had a question. You did have a question. Okay. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let, let me touch this piece. Stay on the line. Don't go away from me, Danny. Stay with me. I just want to cover this one piece okay. that you brought up. It's important, Ashanti, mm-hmm. right? Broken. I brought up the idea of helplessness. What people don't understand is taking care of your health can give you the mental stamina to make that push through. And I have a personal story on this myself. About nine years ago, my youngest daughter almost died. And many people know the story. Some people don't. Almost died. She had open heart surgery at 18 days old. My wife packed up, moved into the hospital. And I all of a sudden overnight became a single dad of a six-year-old. My daughter, my daughter was six at the time. And I was not the primary caregiver. So I was all of a sudden dad uh, by myself. Not just that, exactly the same week, my mom gets diagnosed with stage four cancer. She's finished. That's it. Lung cancer. No hope. It's just you got maybe a year or two and you're finished. That's her diagnosis. Same time that happens, my business has finally collapsed from 2008. I had held on as long as I could. The optimistic entrepreneur, this can't last that long. I, I got this. No worries. Uh, that was totally wrong. Firing my employees, shut my business down, everything collapsing. And so the problem was when I was happening, I had to isolate myself because I couldn't let everybody else know how bad things were. And my wife, who was using my rock, was off supporting our daughter who was dying. I was by myself. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I started eating my feelings. And boy, I was having an entire pizza, a whole pizza for lunch and a two liter of Coke and thought, that's normal. Right? That's everyone does that, right? That's normal. Sometimes I do that. But but you know what I'm saying? That was my normal that was my normal uh, uh way of doing things and because I was isolated, there was no one next to me to go, "Brother, you can't do that." Can't do that. That that you can't do that. Yeah. There was no one to yeah. tell me that. Yeah. And I was in total denial. So I wasn't seeing anything. I was fine. I was fine, everybody. I got this. I was fine. I was not fine. I didn't have anything. So eventually I realized I couldn't fit in my suits. I had to get up and get back to work and figure out how to rebuild my business and take care of business. I had to go provide, and I physically couldn't fit into my suits because I put about 25 pounds on in a little more, little more than a month. So I said, how am I going to get rid of this? So I decided to make an idea that I thought I could handle with where I was in my life. No carb, low carb. That's what I'm going to do. I became a fanatic. I mean, I was having like steak, eggs, water, Every day. That was like it. Nothing else. I was a fanatic. Now, to do that, I dropped about 40 pounds in two months. That was nine years ago. I haven't left the lifestyle since then. Now, I still, I changed. Now, I'm healthy in what I eat. But I was a fanatic. And people thought, Larry, that had to be unhealthy for you. It had to be bad. Mentally, it was magic. Because being able to take control of that aspect of my life and to be so disciplined to literally go overnight, no carbs, that discipline it gave me a feeling of control that allowed me to take charge of other aspects of my life. Mm. And once I took care of other aspects of my life, getting my business back and in, 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 in kind of working again and, and bring, building it back from, from nothing, to build my relationship back with my wife who had basically become an absentee you know, wife. Mm. She just wasn't in my life anymore. I had to bring that back. You're mm. doing all of those things. Then I got to a better diet, if that makes any sense. I then went to do other things. But I think this is kind of where you're saying that if you gain other things, health, fitness, confidence, 
being self-assured, you can then handle other parts of your life to be better. Yeah. Did I go too far? No, no, you you're right. But um, I, I was you can get to, closer to Mike. Um, you know you're yeah. right, but I'm just trying to tie in with the guy's question. How? I'm sorry, with, with, I went way off topic. Budget. I'm sorry, Danny. I went way off topic, brother. I yeah. went way off topic. Well, but, no, that's fine. <clears throat> But anyway, oh, I, I went away after. Go ahead, Danny. Go back to your question. I'm sorry. I'm making my audience think crazy because I'm talking about stuff. I apologize. Go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. All right. Well, no, that's that's fine. Uh, Larry, I, I got a question for you later, but I wanted to ask Ashanti something real Go quick. ahead. So I work as a paramedic, and I I deal with a lot of high stress situations myself. And you know, if we if we have a bad diamond one call, we have to and we can't keep it bottled in because that's not very a healthy mindset to have because. If we don't talk about it, you know, it could drive us crazy. Sure, you know, true. We, we don't take care of ourselves like that. Well, what's your question, brother? Um, <clears throat> actually, I guess I just answered my own question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let so, me ask that question. You talk about you talk about the mind experience too, Ashanti, right? You talk about that, the mind experience. You talk about that. How does someone who has to deal with, I mean, in this case, defending yourself could include violence, right? And the average person is afraid of violence. The average person doesn't want to engage in violence. In the case of Danny, he has to see either the results of violence sometimes on a daily basis, if not others, he's got to see it, or he's got to see someone who's being violent. How do you handle that? Well, it it goes into understanding what we're entering into meaning. The career choice. Mm-hmm. We understand what mm-hmm. comes along with the career choice. Right. So as we're sitting down in class, as we're being prepared to go out as an EMT, EMS in that service, we understand we need to kill, you know, my 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 solution is, you know, with my brotherhood. And I have. Oh, you're saying community is going to be the way to make it. You have to have that because you have to have individuals that understand your stress, that understand your reality. There are some conversations that your wife won't understand. So I try to be around like vibrations and like energies that we can bump off our experiences together. I see that in the veteran community a lot. And and that's what we need. So um, you have to be prepared. But again, for me, for me, I've no, but you got people who are you got to train, right? I mean, you got to have some, uh, you know, some guy or some gal. And my, my image is of, um, uh, you know, a young woman who's sent there by her mom or dad who hasn't had to deal with violence in her life, hasn't had a fist fight in, in her life, hasn't had to be violent in her life, and now you're training her on some stuff that's pretty violent. Uh, well, the, the situation is this: those are the ones are soft targets, the ones that's who have I'm never experienced a fight. They're the ones who are the ones that looked upon as being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Again, but again, we're in 2020 now. Mm-hmm. World Star will give you a crash course <laughs> in, on all kind of violence and things <laughs> that... I love that. But the, so thing, the, but the thing I'm saying is you'll get a crash course on man's inhumanity to man. Mm-hmm. And you'll get a crash course right now that'll snap you out mm-hmm. of that I've never ever mindset my Mm. friend because i'm finding the youth are frustrated and angry and they are in a very hurtful place a lot of millennials are yeah gen z too i agree yeah and so um right now that you know again you have to adjust 
to the times in which you find yourself. There's really no more place for a person to say, I've never had a fight or I don't want to fight. It's better to be prepared because if someone comes to you, mm-hmm. oh, it's not going to end well for you if your spirit is that of a pacifist. Mm-hmm. In this day and age with the youth we're dealing with right now. Okay. They'll put you on a video in no time flat and your backside will be on YouTube forever talking about, I didn't want to fight back. Okay. Danny, did that answer your question or no? Yes, it does. So talk to me. Um, Do you have another one for me or or was that it? Yes, I did have another one for you. So It's the Danny show. I love it. Keep going, brother. It's about the uh, 27th congressional race up in uh, Buffalo there with uh, Dwayne Whitmer running. That's actually, outside, uh, a- that's actually outside of Buffalo, just to be clear. Being, the 27th District is act, does not actually include Buffalo. It includes all the areas around Buffalo in western New York. All right, I stand corrected. No worries. Um, uh, do, you think, do, you, I, do, um, do you think Whitmer has a good shot against um, the, uh, the two other parties? It's a great question, you know, and things have changed a lot recently, right? But before yeah. he was he was running against Chris Collins, who was indicted, right? So right. I thought he had a whole uh, a really good chance of victory against him. But now that there's a special election, it's tougher. Now there's good and there's bad to it. The good part for for a libertarian candidate is now there's no incumbent, right? So at least it's a fresh face versus a fresh face. Versus a fresh face. So that's at least one advantage. The disadvantage is you're in a deep red district and the red guy's not indicted. <laughs> it was much better when the red guy was indicted. So I think he has both good and bad. To be very forward, his ground game is going to be everything. If Dwayne is able to knock on all the doors, if Dwayne is able to get people to get behind him to say, hey, I'm another option He's got a shot. If he's unable to do that, this district is going to go red again. Uh huh. It really depends upon his ground game. But can he win? Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? All right. Yeah, I uh, I plan to donate to him. Awesome. Good. And our I I hope to see you out there. You know, speaking on his you know campaign for him. Do you think I wouldn't go up there and support Dwayne? Come on now. I've been course, up there twice already. Not. Come I'm on. Just, I'm just encouraging I'm just encouraging you. Okay, yeah, we absolutely hundred percent. I'm gonna be up there. You know that. Come on now. I'm all over this state. I I, I gotta spend some time in New York City. I live here, don't I? Uh yeah. Absolutely. But I will be up there, I promise. I'll see you up there. Thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. All right, take care, Larry. Have a going. All right, good. But uh getting back, um, where we're talking about the elements that allow us to um how do you say? What what Come. I was worried about was the idea of getting someone to move past, right? I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story which you may enjoy. If you're if you're someone who in, uh, enjoys history or anthropology, and, and that was my degree was in anthropology, right? Um, and you want to dig up a battleground in North America, what war are you going to dig up? Civil war. It's the biggest uh, land war in, in in North America ever, right? And they've done this. They've dug, they dug up these, uh, these battlegrounds, right? And they found rifles. And in the rifles, many of these rifles, what they found was inside the barrel, six, seven, eight bullets inside the barrel. And you might say, why would that be true? Well, if you look, remember back in the day of the Civil War, mm-hmm. you'd have the guys, they would put the bullet in from the top, you know, push it down, 
put it on their shoulder, march out to the field in the big box, present their arm. The, the, the captain has his sword. He says, present. They put their weapons out. Fire, boom, boom, they'll fire. Well, there are a bunch of people who would go there and wouldn't fire. The captain's next order is reload. Boom, second bullet. Mm. Present, fire, ba-boom. Some guys wouldn't fire. Reload, third bullet. From that, people said, what the hell happened? And a lot of these weapons were found on the ground. So these guys stayed and probably got killed. Right? They could have deserted. Lots of desertion in Civil War. They could have dropped their weapons and ran. Lots of people ran and broke from the battlefield. These guys didn't. They marched out and just wouldn't shoot. Why? Because it was a civil war. And many of these people knew their brothers and cousins and sisters across the field. They were human. And they didn't want to commit violence even when they were being shot at. That was enlightening for many people in our government. To the point where if you look at every single war since then, we always picked a one-word story to describe and dehumanize the enemy. Mm. Right? In World War I, it was the Hun. Mm-hmm. World War II was the Kraut. Right, mm-hmm. and we kept going on. Right, yeah. Charlie, and when Charlie. I was in the Marine Corps yeah. in, in the eighties, it was Ivan. That was the bad. Right? We were still fighting the Soviet Union back then. Right, so uh, it was Ivan. It was always a one-word story to dehumanize the enemy, so we would kill him. Space is psychological tactic. That's exactly correct. Right mm. now, the problem that I'm asking you about, I guess, is mm. what you're asking someone to do in defending themselves, whether they're using their hands, mm. whether they're using a firearm, whether they're using a knife, whatever they're using, mm-hmm. isn't the, for many people, not everybody, but for many people, isn't that going to be inherently difficult to make that step to violence if they haven't dealt with that in the past? And how do you get them over that? I want to before I answer your question okay did I go too far no you didn't go too far I just found something interesting the way my mind was working I thought when you were saying that the guys was had the rounds in their rifles Mm -hmm. I thought they was trying to make their first like uh, repeaters or semi-automatic a whole lot of rounds come out I, I, that's what I was thinking I was like oh snap that, that, but yeah. okay. that's, that's, that's my machine gun I got you, four you, you, coming you, out you, exactly I, yes but yes. forgive me brother it's a three round burst no it's not three round burst it's but, not. Um, but the, the, the thing is a lot of the people that come to us I really don't have to convince oh because okay. they have come to a point okay in their reality that they've determined. This goes back to you talk about earlier. You're dealing with more people who are already there. Yes. Got and, it. And then, and then we allow them through their actions and their work and through their progress to be our voice. Mm. They can bring in some of their associates that, uh, that were on the fence. But we have to have models that we send out into the community that represent mm. the idea. Right. Because it's really exhausting, Larry, trying to convince someone to do something that they really don't that feel That was my whole point. I know. It's very hard. So Absolutely. I, 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 I don't do it. You know, I'm, um, it goes from what mommy taught me a long time ago. Um, charity begins in the house and spreads abroad. Right. So what it is, the love of self-help, self-discipline, self-physical um, health starts in-house first. We should be a reflection of what it is we're trying to sell and market. Yes. And as a reason, yes, we have to be the example. So that's what it is. And so um, we got Carrie now mm-hmm. um, working out. Oh, she so, told to, me. Yes. yes. So today I submitted my first <laughs> little workout plan for her just to give her a, a, a critique, just to critique her to find out where she's at. Mm-hmm. But again, it's individuals who know and feel the need for change right, right. now. 
All right. You, you know, sometimes your body and your spirit talks to you. And sometimes we don't have to do it because you know what's right. You know when you're not feeling right. Mm -hmm. Like my brother, we had a talk about early when his shoulder and he was going, you know, through foot injury or whatever, whatever. And his whole body energy was off and he had to slowly get back into it because you have to. It's where we are. Mm -hmm. Okay, the doctors are talking to you and your health is failing you. They're giving you all kind of meds and foolishness when a lot of this stuff can be done on our own. Mm -hmm. All right, one of the biggest problems, everybody right now is sick mm -hmm. and one coughing, hacking, sneezing, passing gas, whatever. But not a many people, not a lot of the people who are sick are realizing that the problem is right in their belly. Mm -hmm. And they're not even understanding how to remove the very thing that's hurting them. Sure. So, 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 so they're not understanding. But I can get a once-a-day pill from my doctor. N brother. And now I'm good. That's all I need. If I just get one more pill that will counteract the side effects from the first well, pill, then I'll be good. And then the side effects from that one, mm -hmm. I just get one more pill but we that don't, will satisfy we don't all of talk, those. We don't want to talk to individuals like that right now, Larry, because <laughs> there's a whole market for them. Yes, we're we only trying to, um again, talk to people who get it and understand and feel a need right now to have an alternative way of dealing with this situation because a lot of this shit is just bullshit that they're handing over to mm -hmm. the people. You know, how many years... We have a... We have a I, I think in reality, this is a thing that some people disagree with, but I think it's very true. The amount of information that's available mm -hmm. has become so much that in reality, we find ourselves being overwhelmed... Overloaded. That we just then blindly follow oh, no. someone who says they're an expert because Larry. I just I can't handle everything out here. Listen, so brother. she says it's right. So I'm gonna believe whatever she says because I just I I can't do all this. It's mind control, and you feel the need to be led. Uh, mm. This is it, it's winning. The tactics of Edward Bernays and the Tavistock Institute of Absolute Mind Control and giving people directions where you you have to at some point start to become and think for yourself. You you and 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 for the ones who can't and don't possess that ability, they're not going to make it, and it's all right. Because they were a part of the design anyway, brother. But when I'm talking about basic health, basic fitness, all you got to do is just go back to nature. This is not real rocket science. When animals in nature are sick, you don't see them eating. They stop eating. There's no once-a-day pill for the animals. Do you understand? <laughs> so the point being is at some point, when do you go back before there was madness? You know, I, and I, this is just basic no, common I like sense, what man. Saying. You, you, I, I you like know, you got saying. people with eczema, people sitting here, skin falling off, patches of skin falling off their bodies, mm -hmm. dehydration, parasites in their body, and all they got to do is just know what natural, natural things to use on their skin, and within a week, all of that'll go away. But you want calamine lotions and foolishness like that, so that gives us fitness, fuel, and fire. A lot of business. Because I, I like that. You got business on that too. It's good. We're fitness. We're everything fitness. From um, CrossFit, hybrid training, to basic workout plans. All things fitness on every single level. Period. Like all right. Let me grab the call if I can. I want to I wanna head over to Maryland. I want to get out of New York State this time. And I'm still going to go like someplace else. I'm heading Thank over you. to Maryland. Troy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing all right. Talk to me. How are you? 
oh, I can't complain. It's another day. Yeah, <laughs> it just I was talking earlier to what Ashanti was talking about. Um, definitely about. There's definitely more because you know I'm, I was the guy who was on that that panel with that fitness you on fire um, event. And I'm a huge gun guy, but yes, he's definitely correct. There's definitely more to it than just the gun, right? Yes. We have to exercise situational awareness, have um, emergency plans. Um, well, let me let me you know, out this is funny. I actually bring this up off, often. And some for those of you who don't know, I do a lot of training. I do training for leadership, business. I do consulting. And very often people will ask me, they'll say, Larry, you know, what do you think my kid should get involved with, right? What's the future for my kid, right? My kid, what should he go to school for? I said, well, look, there's a lot of stuff, what they like, obviously, but if they're unsure, there are two things you should consider. Number one, anything to do with the language, whether that is a foreign language or even a computer language, anything to do with the language, programming, multiple languages, linguistics, that's one thing's awesome. The second thing, anything security, doesn't matter what it is, physical security, uh, firearm safety, uh, bulletproof cars, um, cyber security. It doesn't matter anything that's security and safety, even if it's, you know, um, it, uh, physical security for your home or for your house or for yourself. Language and security is the future for sure. If your kid's not sure, throw them in that. What you're telling me is security is a big deal and part of what you do. It's definitely a big deal. As a matter of fact, my son is actually going through that in school. He does homeland security mm-hmm. and as well as um, law enforcement. He wants to become, you know, go into criminal justice and the whole nine yards. Um, he does like CPR classes and he does the other uh, classes as well. Trying to get to that. And just the basic thing I teach him is just when walking to and from school or to and from the school bus stop, exercise situational awareness. That's the biggest thing I tell him. Yeah. We know that's a huge human trafficking thing going on has really become big. I mean, it's been around forever, especially overseas. Well, now I think we have a, a, a bigger issue now than before. And I think the reason why we have a bigger issue now is the phone, right? The people yep. have the phone in their hand. They're looking down. They're texting. Yep. They're, they got, their, they got yeah. their beats on or whatever. And they're not hearing anything. And they're, they're kind of in their own world. I remember <laughs> there was actually literally, um, there, there, was an, there was an experiment done, I think, Daniel Pink did the experiment. I think he did, but I'm not sure. But some did an experiment where they put a separate side of the sidewalk for people who were texting and a certain side of people who weren't. And you watched people on the side texting just happily push themselves over to one side, walk half as fast, and heads down the whole time. But it's a Pavlov thing. It's always about absolute mind control. Larry, who came up with the idea when they had at Grand Central Station a situation they called a die-in, where everybody at a certain time laid down on the damn ground at Grand Central Station and played dead. You must be dead to follow some kind of program to play dead. Hmm. Now, who came yeah, up with I the idea? That. I don't know. Who do, and, but, but, but what I'm trying to say, brother, where are you if you followed that? Look, I don't know. I mean, you, it, it might have been just because you think it's a good protest for something. Well, right? the, see, but the, the point I'm trying to make, who's behind the concept? Who came up with the concept that they put out that you followed? Is this like a Tavis Stock Institute kind of thing 
when you read up on Edward Bernays and how we do the propaganda and the mind control, who was the, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, you are looking at absolute mind control taking place right now. And we, Brother Troy, myself, the urban sharpshooters and brothers that think like us and other brothers who sat on the panel with us are trying to get the people to understand you have to start thinking for self. Yeah, but hold on. Now, this is this is an issue that I have here, right? You, I've asked you how do you get people to think this way, and you've told me mm. I usually go for people who are already there. Mm-hmm. But you just told me people got to start thinking for themselves. That means we got to find, we've got to find that there cross, is, over that, that bridge. There's right? going to be we've a situation, find that bridge. brother. There is sometimes there is a situation that is created that is going to bring you to a place that you've been running from. And there will be a situation or a circumstance where they're not going to have a choice you, Isn't that too late, though? Well, if it is, oh, well, because you got to understand. how cruel you are. Oh, well. Do you hear it, that? It, oh, well. It's not cruelty. Uh, but I, to, to a degree, I, to a degree, I agree with that because okay, a lot yeah, of people aren't, you know, like I said, like-minded people is very difficult to find. Right? That's and that's why my whole point. I'm teasing you. Which I'm no, I love it. I love it. Yes. A few billion, right? Right. That are actually, and it, they had, like, I guess, this experiment back in Russia, back in the 50s, where one person stood in the line, mm-hmm. at a, at a, stood at a door, at a, just a door that led to nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, more people started standing behind them because they thought that this line was leading somewhere important, mm-hmm. right? So you have that kind of that, that following mindset, yes. but I guess trying to, leadership is kind of takes work. Right. Yeah, but see, this and is one of the reasons why I have that why I have this show, believe it or not. Mm. I wanted uh-huh. this show to be a show where people will be thinking about something new or different and will be open to hearing a new or different concept. You have to shift the paradigm. Right. That's right what now. I'm trying to, to make happen here. I I don't want to have everybody on the show or listening to the show who thinks exactly like me. I don't need a show for that. I can just go on Twitter and say some Twitter yeah. stuff. And get mad at everybody who doesn't think the way I do, and keep a small amount of Twitter people to just tell me how awesome I am okay. every day. Okay, that's here, easy to do. Here, let's let's take it to another. But here, here's the thing: also, you want you know, granted, and this is what I used to say to a lot of people: you don't have to be on the same trail to go in the same direction. Okay, that's true. Yep. Right. The objective is to move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that person's not. They, I'm not, not talking to the point where they're going to think exactly like you. Right. They're not going to think like Larry Sharp. They're not mm-hmm. going to think like exactly like Ashanti first. But if they're trying to go in the same direction That's fair, as bro. you, using their own ideologies, you guys are going to meet somewhere at a rally point. It, mm. There's always going to be one spot where everybody's trying to head, even if you're not on the same street. Right. Okay. If you're going to, uh, if you're going to dag on, if you're going to. Uh, Let's say you're going to Vegas, right? Some people choose to fly. Some people to choose to take I-70 West. Some people take 95 North. There's so many different ways to get there. Some people do horse and buggy. If I don't know what those people are, but some whatever <laughs> choice you make. But the object is to get to Vegas. Okay. That's you fair. still have that. That's the mindset. That's the like-minded. This, well, this I think goes back to what Ashanti about. was talking about earlier. He's like, it didn't matter how long it took to make that journey. But the fact that you had to you make that there. journey. You, we have to get there because I, I continue to say the, um, the paradigm has to be shifted. We, you know, the wonderful thing about being in school when I was a little dude, I liked the globe because I used to be able to turn it so many ways mm-hmm. to see things from so many different ways. And at this point in time, we are in a need of a different way of thinking. Here we are now... Now we're in a crisis of so many 
um, African-American women, almost 700 to 800,000 missing African-American girls. Now there's- Say it again? It's about 763,000 reported missing African-American women and young girls. From what was the time period here? Um, Well, we're talking, I'm just saying within the last 10 to 12 years, because we're looking at this explosion with the cell phone business where our children are meeting people on the phone that they don't even know. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who are Facebook, Twitter savvy that knows how to talk to young people's language and to say the things to get the young people at a place where they're vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. So there is a whole nother level of parental security that needs to take place. There is a whole nother conversation in the house with family and our nieces and nephews right now. And I want to say we are enablers. Well, it's funny you look as a parent putting those things in the hands of our children. My worry here, though, right? If if I I have multiple levels of worry here, right? Multiple levels. Level number one is if I tell my kid, don't do anything, the world's evil, I'm gonna cover you, I'm gonna watch and protect you. I'm saying people do that, right? They call them the helicopter parent or they call them the bulldozer parent, right? If I become that one. I'm actually hurting my kid because now my kid's not ready for the world. And once I leave, my kid's in trouble. That's option one. Mm. But the second issue, if I don't give my kid that technology, if I don't give my kid that cell phone, that iPad, whatever that thing is, do I affect them both socially? And also, do I affect them in the professional business world as they move forward? Am I making sense so far? Hold on. I'm I'm getting what you're saying. That's my worries. Now, now I am a father of two daughters, 15 and 9. So with that in, in mind, I realized a couple of things. Instead of me stopping my daughters from having the technology, I have warned them of what could happen and I've watched them. And when my oldest daughter had all of a sudden some strange man want to befriend her on, on, on uh, one of those platforms, I just asked her. I said, why, why does that man want to be your friend? And the first thing she said was, oh, because I guess he likes me. I said, great. Why does an adult man like you? Hmm. I said, have you met him? Is he your teacher? Is he our family member? What's going on? And finally, at that moment, she went, wow. I said, yeah. But see, that's a problem. There, here's another problem I Tell want me. to point out. There's not a lot of Larrys in the house with our young girls. <laughs> that is also very and, true. And they're looking for friendship. And they're looking for Larrys. Yes. Okay? And they're the most vulnerable members of the community that's being totally taken advantage of. I completely and agree. So, and so they find happiness in having a thousand people they don't even know. Yes. And they wouldn't have a problem, brother, saying that we'll meet you down for some of those, uh, what's it, some cheese biscuits at uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Red Lobster because mm-hmm. they don't know any better, brother. Why was it that Steve Jobs never had phones or computers for any of his children? What did he know? Is that true? That's a fact. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It's and he said, he read, read the statement about what, because he knew he knew where this was going. He knew what the purpose was for. And when he saw the direction in which this thing, here's um, my opinion. This Tell is, me, this please. Is, this is not a fact. Okay. This is just something. Tell me your opinion. I want to hear. I think Steve Jobs, after he saw the direction of his creations and the direction, he opted out. You think he opted out? And I think he took a shot, said, I'm good. 
Okay. I just said that's my opinion. No, no, no. Oh. I, it's, it's, I like the opinion. It's, it's fine. It's good to know. I'm, I'm, I've never heard that before. Yeah, because he saw the direction and how these things are being utilized. Why didn't he want to fix it? Because he was a part of the problem. Do you understand? He's like, you want me to tell you who else is going to be very successful? That chick that tried to be the female Steve Jobs. The one that did the, the little tube, the little blood analyzing ah, thing. Ah, yes, yes, Let me yes, tell yes, you yes, something. Yes. She was put out But here. she got in trouble, Listen, though. listen. She got in trouble. Come on now. Hold name. on, Larry. I'm going to give you something. Come on, tell me. She was brought, she was funded and put out to put forth an idea. Right. She fell off. It's like she was the, 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 the rabbit, the jackrabbit in a sprint mm -hmm. who sets the pace. Okay. And then whoever took over all of the creations, all of the um, technology, they're going to come back with something bigger that's going to work. This is all right, all, no, no, I'm going to hold you to that. I'm, hold, okay. hold me to this I'm because okay. I am telling you, man, there is something sinister behind all these things that we are getting. And the things that the children don't understand, like these idiots running back and forth now, the Black Fridays buying all these smart televisions. Oh, yeah, sure. But look at the report from the FBI now. <laughs> we know how to spy on your house. I know. We, I, I won't do that. I agree with you. I don't, you. I don't have Alexa in my house. I don't have... I don't. I don't have a CIA agent in my house called Alexa. That's correct. See, yes, see, I don't it's, have that. It's, I'm just, with you. it's insane. Yeah. I'm not, I know we're talking all over the place, but what we're talking about is the vulnerable ones in the community. Yes. And, and this is the point. I mean, again, I got to keep going. But, but to your point, there are a lot of particularly girls who don't have that male energy in the house. And they search for it desperately. And they will take the wrong type of male energy. You're 100% correct. And part of that is issues that the black community has been struggling with since the war on drugs in the 70s. And it hasn't gone away. And it's been. But there's another elephant in the room, for, Larry. For 40 years. There's one more elephant in the room we have to cover with what you said about the young ladies in the community. There is also an element in the Caucasian community mm -hmm. that is manipulative and understand the vulnerabilities of a community better than we understand ourselves. Okay. And they're in a better place to manipulate and utilize the not having or the ineptitude of the community of our young girls. There are people, we've seen it on MSNBC, the dude, he set up the stings in the house. Oh, there yeah, There are right, people yes. that know how to talk True. that language Absolutely. to our youth. Yes. And then with the cell phone, removing the parent out of the child's life, literally. Mm -hmm. So they can talk to whomever and not know, would you like this? We'll treat you here. We're going to meet up with a couple of people. Mm -hmm. And they never make it there. Right. It's sinister, brother. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, and, I'm not, look. And it comes with that training and preparing. But that's what I'm, I'm going to go. My next piece was, was going to be the same page you said. I told my oldest daughter. That if she gets in trouble and she's ever accosted by somebody, to not scream no or bad, but instead to scream this phrase, I don't know you. Because if she instead screams, I don't, I'll know bad, people might think that's just a belligerent daughter with a belligerent father or whatever. And they're not going to step in. And the guy's going to grab my daughter and walk away. Mm. So I told her to instead say, I don't know you. Because if you say, I don't know you, someone goes, wait a minute, you don't know that person? In addition to someone teaching her to say that, do that, what else did you teach her if she's grabbed? I taught her, if it's true, it's because people are thinking horrible what I taught her, but it's true what I taught her. I said, if you're fighting a woman, open hand to the nose. 
and I taught her open hand to the nose, and most girls will drop. Not all, but most girls will drop. Mm-hmm. You hit a guy in your nose, he just punches you harder. Mm-hmm. I said, for all boys, kick to the groin until he goes down. And don't stop kicking until he goes down. That's what I told her. Oh, I got someone to do me no here. All right. I, but you asked what I told what I taught but, her. But I your question now, was what did I teach not, her? Not ask, That's what I don't get mad at me. No, you asked, I answered your but question. Now, now you mad at me now. I want you to lie. You, you, you've taken your family. You do nice things. You go to London. You do wonderful things. I follow you, bro. Right. Okay. Okay. Now, as a parent, what stick fighting classes? What kind of martial arts? What do you have your girls in? Aside from no, I don't know you. A hand to the nose. Mm-hmm. What are we giving them? Honestly, that they can sit up here and give somebody ass the business. I have not taught my daughter that. Stan, you have be remiss. Oh, now you beating me. No, up no, now. no. We're talking. Okay. Hey, we're talking protection. It's totally fine. We're, we're Please, talking, that is totally because, fine. Because we totally started fine. earlier talking about a father <laughs> mm-hmm. who has two jobs and the kids eat well. Mm-hmm. But he's never put a firearm in his wife's hand. But I have, though. And, but, I have, though. But, but the point I'm making is... Okay. The point I'm making is, <clears throat> if, if if it goes back to if, if you're not home. Right. Daddy is not there. Mm-hmm. There should be something else put in place other than I don't know you mm-hmm. and this. And that's what I'm saying. And we have to always now shift the paradigm to adjust for the time. And another thing... You are now, Larry, a celebrity to a degree, and you evolve. Oh, I like that. You are now forgiven for everything you Thank just you. said. And I'm so, a celebrity. See, I like that. No, but you the point, of, um, you are vulnerable now. Mm-hmm. Your family at some point, mm-hmm. okay? What place is now that you are a a, a political official mm-hmm. doing things? Mm-hmm. How do we get Larry? Now we should be sitting nets around mama and the babies. Mm-hmm. This is how we got to be thinking. Period. We're not that comfortable. I'm just a liberal party dude talking fun shit mm-hmm. that my family's mm-hmm. not going to be bothered because I'm talking budget and monetary. What exempts you? No. You're, look, okay. This is good. I'm glad you said that. Let me <clears throat> let me say, do you guys like what you're hearing? You're liking him both beat me up and call me a celebrity? <laughs> yes. I love it. Please do me a, do me a favor and I call in. Right let here. me know. I want to hear. Am, am I right? Am I really a celebrity? Call in. 573 573- Four two seven five four six three. And if you like what we're saying, support the show. Head on over to patreon.com slash sharpway. Put a couple dollars in there and let us know you like what we're saying. So thank you. And Troy, thank you so much for your call. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. All Yo, right. Troy, I love you, brother. You yes. All right. Love you too, um, brother. Yep. I, I wanna grab another call if I can. I've been talking a lot, driving some of you crazy. Got people in the front. I want to take care of them, too. Um, I'm going to be heading over to Arizona. I'm going to be talking to Angelo. Oh, Angelo, how are you? Larry. What's going I'm on? I'm doing very well, sir. Thanks for taking, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Of course. It. And uh, just really quick, this is Libertarian Reason from Twitter. We've corresponded a little bit via message. So oh, I just wanna, yes. Uh, I said I'd eventually call in, so here I am calling in, my friend. I love it. So talk to me. What's your, what's your issue tonight? Well, I mean, I've been watching the program for about the last... I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes, so okay. <clears throat> just seeing the direction of the conversation. And you heard a shot they called here. me celebrity, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, good. You a celebrity. Make okay. sure you heard Maybe that. you are at this point. <laughs> I love that. Indeed he is. Indeed he is. <laughs> well, if I may, um, just kind of add a little something to the conversation. Uh, two words, parental presence, mm, right? Okay. 
Okay. Uh, I'm not a millennial, but uh, I'm on the cusp of that. I guess they call me uh, the tech generation, right? I was born in 1980. Okay. So I had uh, analog growing up as a child and then kind of moved into digital. But uh, okay. there is something said, or to be said, excuse me, about the um, all-too-easy remedy for parents um, to put a device in their children's hands. So true. We actually, I used to tease my friends and call it the electric babysitter. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And now uh, mm. my brother, who uh, just had his first child a couple of years ago, um, and he's already doing it. Yeah. And we've had some discussions about this. I'm like, look, I don't know if you want to be doing that so quickly. Yeah. And there, there was literally, uh, there's literally a commercial. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, it's a commercial out now. It's for one of the either iPad or one of the tablets. And it's talking about how the tablet can take great pictures, right? That's the goal. So what they do is they literally show parents doing exactly that. And here's the worst part. Not as a bad thing. As the norm, almost like you should do it. So like the kids are mad or whatever. And the kids, and they go, here is an iPad. And then they're at dinner or whatever. And they're done. Here, here's your iPad. And then they go over to grandpa's house. And grandma just passed away. And they want to go talk to grandpa. And they go, go upstairs. Here, here's the iPad. And what the kids do, it's a brilliant commercial. The kids go upstairs. And they use the iPad to create a slideshow of grandma who passed away. They come downstairs, show it to grandpa. Grandpa cries. Life is good. How awesome is this iPad? Well, hey, that's a brilliant piece of marketing. It's a brilliant piece (laughs) of marketing. Yes, it is. And that's why Steve Jobs checked out because he knew (laughs) the direction in which this thing was going. Don't take that lightly. But to um, just to kind of touch, if I may. No, go ahead, please. Tell me about your brother. I didn't mean mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, not at all. Um, Just to kind of touch upon the the whole issue in itself, if you will, like from a a forest, you know, try to see the forest from the trees a little bit here on this one is what is sad is what you just said is that they're using this now as almost as a coping tool. Yeah. Um, I should say almost. They are. Yes. Right? They are. Yes, they a coping are. tool for any situation. You're sad. Here's your iPad. Yep. You're, or a device in your hand. You're happy. Here's a device in your hand. Yes. Um, I work in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the saddest thing I've ever seen in a restaurant was walking by a table. I, was, I happened to be managing at the time. Walking by a table, and there's mom, there's dad, and the two children. They're probably, if I had to guess, eight and ten. Both children with headphones on, mm. okay, iPad in front of them, <laughs> mom and dad on both their phones. Yes. Why are you I'm even kidding, out? I kid you not, Larry. It was one of the saddest yes. things I've ever seen. Yes, what, sir. Why are you even out? Yes, just, sir. You should have just stayed home and ordered. Yes, why sir. are you even out? You're not talking to each other. There's an interesting yeah. book called The Stranger in My House. The computer yeah. <laughs> and the television. You might find that an interesting ah, read. It's interesting. called A Stranger in My House. Okay. Well, you know, my, my kids have devices, but when we play together, we all play together, right? When we play, mm. it'll be both of my daughters, me, literally, and my wife. My Usually my oldest daughter uses a computer. Usually my wife uses a computer. I use a device, and my youngest will use a device, and we'll play games all together, laughing and joking and talking. So when we use devices in the family room, it's basically equivalent of a board game, if that makes any sense. We use it 
as an equivalent of a book game. Sure. What happened we, to Clue and Monopoly, we man? We have that too. We do those Boo. also. <laughs> we need, we need to get back down to the nitty gritty with the stuff, I'm with that stuff, too. Man. I'm not against Clue. We actually have Clue in the house. <laughs> That's what we need to get, man. But if we're well, going to use the... I also... The other problem I mentioned earlier, and I think this is what you're talking about, Angelo. The other issue I have is I also don't want to handicap my children mm. as they move sure. into a world... That is all digital and all electronics. That's the so trade-off, I've got to find that balance yes. of each. Yes. I have to find the balance. True. You know, no, I'm yes. not knocking you, you beloved, because you're, yes. you're, you're absolutely correct. But the, the thing I say and I advocate to the young parents, how many of you even bother now to get your child a library card? Oh no, we go library. Bingo. Now, not you, yeah. not you, my brother. I'm talking across the board. Yes, good point. One, one, yeah. one, one of the more I found, you know, one of the more enjoyable things as a parent that I really loved, that I even I look forward to, was our library trips mm -hmm. and some of the wonderful activities that the library offers to the children that is not with any electronic devices. Right. The, the chess boards are real. It's not electronic chess. And, and we, at some point, we must try to stay analog to a degree. Yes. You know, and, 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 and again, I call parents an enabler. Mm -hmm. I was an enabler because I bought my daughter at 16 years old her iPhone, and it was the worst thing I ever did in my mm -hmm. life. I smashed with a hammer two no, iBooks. You smashed oh, with a hammer. That's money down the drain. Two, two. <laughs> that's hundreds of dollars you just threw in the garbage. I make I make no apologies because it wasn't being used correctly, and and at the time it had an overwhelming effect. Where you tried to sit as a parent and talk nicely, try to lay out the parental controls. The children are so savvy. You put parental controls. Uh, they got a friend yeah, that know how to yeah, do they the know computer. How to bypass it. They yes. know how to bypass yeah. it. Okay, so this is a stranger in my house. Yeah. It has been a divider. I'm talking in my home. I can't yeah, speak no, I get for you. every other home. These are dangerous things. You have to strike a balance. But then, does your child have a flat screen in the bedroom no. along with a computer no. and a tablet and a phone? Nope. You, you, do you understand? Yes, so I'm these, with you. But when parents are enablers, you tend to take away more from the child than you're really giving. Yeah. I was watching a lady teach the child ABCs on the cell phone, and I was like, but sister, you could do that with a beautiful book and do the pages. <laughs> but as mm -hmm. a parent, I'm analog, uh, right. and I want you to understand that it, it pains me greatly not to see the books in the hands of children as much right. as I used to. So, um, you know, I'm just talking from a father, yep. and, um, and, and I'm watching the direction in which we're going, mm -hmm. and I... I really, I don't see much good in it. I understand what you said competitively from absolutely. Korea. You know, I got to make sure that my daughters are prepared for the world, right? If if I could, um, unless I'm look, if my kids decide as they get older that they don't want to be part of that culture, mm -hmm. good for them. That's so, their so you choice. wouldn't have a problem if your daughter had an AI boyfriend, right? What you, an AI boyfriend? You know, no, no. It's, I'm it's, sorry, what? An no, AI no. boyfriend? She kind of did, you know? And let me explain what I mean by this. This is a very important point. I remember yeah. once, and this is good, you, this is to your point. There was a time when, and this is, it's changed what I did. Be very clear. It's changed what I did because I fell into it. 
The thing that I, that people tease me about with my daughters, this is personal, guys. It's just me and my kids. I'm I'm libertarian even when I raise my kids. My daughters are not very rebellious against me. Why? I don't give them reason to be rebellious. I don't order Beautiful. them to do much at all. I hardly ever give them orders. I tell them, I think you should do this. I let it go. Beautiful. And they do it or they don't. So my daughter used to watch uh, a YouTuber. I don't want to say his name, but a YouTuber. And this YouTuber was watching others play a video game. So she was watching someone else watching somebody play a video game talking wait, about wait, wait, wait. It. the creator the creator of the channel was simply watching someone else play a video game correct yes and so All i right. asked That's her good. i said this doesn't make any sense sure to me i said why in the world are you watching someone else watch a video game why are you doing that and what she said yeah, to me was tell. she said daddy it felt it feels like he's my friend and we're watching it together. And the second oh she said that, oh I became right. very involved in what she watched. That was my cue to be that person who watches with her. So she doesn't have to have that person anymore. That was my cue to spend a bit more time with my daughter watching stuff that I normally wouldn't watch. And my wife teases me because I watch some stuff which I think is garbage. But my daughter loves it, so I watch it with her anyway. So now she has a real person watching with her, and now she gets her friends to watch with her Does that, things she wants sure. to watch. Does that well, help? Well, Larry, if I may uh, interject go ahead, Angela, a, go. a quick anecdote. Yep. Okay, so growing up, it was mandatory that I had to be at the dinner table. Yep. Okay. Um, unless I had a really good excuse, mm -hmm. you know, dinner was 7 o'clock, and your butt's in that seat at 7 o'clock. I grew up the same way. Oh. I love uh, it. It really wasn't too much of a problem for me because I, my parents are Italian and the food was always good. So, you know, it was really simple. <laughs> but but um, the reason why it was so important, and you're talking about two immigrant parents mm -hmm. um, that spoke broken English, um, if you will. But the reason why it was so important was because we would talk about things that were going on in our lives. Yes. Right? This is the information you should be able to get out of your child yes. at the dinner table yes. during times like this and say, oh, well, what are you currently watching? What's the current activity you're in? Mm -hmm. How's school? How's this going? How's this relationship? What's going on with this friend? And yes. that's where, you know, I didn't, obviously I didn't realize it at the time I was a kid, but that's how my parents would get information out of me. No, I'm agreeing. And that's how I you found know. out what my daughter was doing because I have that yeah. relationship with my kids. We have the same thing. I haven't stopped that tradition. We very sure. often, not always, I sometimes work crazy hours, but when I'm not working crazy hours, I very often eat with my family. And when I don't, my wife, to her credit, I don't tell her I said this, she's an amazing mom. And she does all the, because <laughs> I fight with her and try to pretend like I'm a better dad than her. Uh, so, but no, she's an amazing mom and she does all those things. She is very open with our daughters. What exactly what you said is what she actually does. And I do it too. That's how I found out about this because my daughter wasn't hiding anything from me. She's like, no, dad, well, I do this. I like this. I like that. You are completely correct. And that bonding that I found I had to use and to Ashante chagrin, I had to add or I felt it was important to add the technology into it, mm. right? I didn't sure. want to say technology bad. I thought if I said technology bad, my kids would rebel. So I instead said technology is fine as long as we are part of the equation and my kids really took to that so far. They've been very good. They don't hide sure. to me. I like what you said yes. so far. Yes. See. It's so, the old cliche of, you know, you try to, if you tell your kid not to do something or, or, or a child not to do what do they do? 
Yeah, they do it anyway. Absolutely. And that and and I like. Yes. I, You're better that off was trying point. to reason with them. You're better off trying to reason with them and explain them. Like, all right, look, here are the here are the pros and cons of this, if you yes. will. Right. And you can take this. You can take this approach with just about any topic when it comes to raising a human being. Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Look, here's here's what you might see out of it. Here's the downside to this. Let's find the happy medium. Well, I've actually told. Oh, sorry, Shani, you got you. You have chomped the bit. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying that we can apply it the same way with firearms. Yes. And take the mystique sure. out of firearms, and that and that's where we going. You know, it's it's all right to introduce, like you said. And I like your point. You want to uh, make sure that you understand that computers are not bad. They do have a place. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they are going to have a place in your life. And there's a right and wrong way to take advantage mm-hmm. of this. And you, you nip that in the bud early. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and I take the same exact approach with firearms. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. <clears throat> I was, I'm a single dad. And I purchased my daughter's first firearm. Well, she was shooting at 14, but I bought her her first Fire on my sixteenth birthday. Wow! Look at that. And um, th- it was beautiful, and it was the breaking down of the firearm, mm-hmm. putting it back together, understanding the rights and wrong, going over the rules, and 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 as a single dad, me being a protector, I'll have my toy and the batteries hanging out, mm-hmm. and I've never once ever had a problem with her. Um, being curious with the firearm. Absolutely. And so I like the science that you're employing. Yes. And I think it's very important. And I agree with Angelo. I think the, the rule can be applied to every point in yeah. life. And and one more thing to Angelo. I, I was born and raised in the Bronx. So I come from, a, you know, I'm African-American. But all of my closest associates growing up were all Italian. Mm. And oh, yeah. I, and, oh, yeah. I, and I got to participate in some of the Italian dinners and the, the, believe it or not, as a youth, sitting down with my Italian friends, enjoying pasta and listening and watching community. Yes. And how you guys yes. sat. And, and it broadened my horizon as a young man growing up on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. So I agree with I you. I was just about to say, you must be from Arthur Avenue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have friends there. I have yes, friends. Indeed. I'm from Chicago, but I have friends there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. And, and and so I can appreciate that. And, and just another sidebar really, really quick. On Thanksgiving, I was sitting with my mate, and I was telling her, I remember vividly walking from Fordham Road, coming through Arthur Avenue back in the days when the doors were open and you can smell the cooking and oh, yeah. how you can. It was just a, it was just a magical time, and I don't know if it was because of my age and where I was, but it it was real because I still remember it and I still talk about it. So I do appreciate what you said about the importance of the table and keeping that yes. part. And I and I love it, brother, because it's so analog. And it's so necessary in this day and age, man. I appreciate you, I Angelo. I, made, go ahead, I gotta go add ahead, to that, that Angelo, too, that, the, the idea that I brought up, right? Where my kids play with their devices is not locked away in their room. Mm. They play with the devices at the dining room table where we all see them and we can join in in what they're doing, mm. right? So I've made the devices like Clue, yes. if that makes any sense, yes, right? No, no. I've made it to where... They come here, and very often, my daughters don't jump up and go, I'm going to play this game. They say, hey, daddy, do you want to play? Hey, mommy, you want to play? Hey, sister, do you want to play? So they use the device to be social. I can take it. Right? So I tried to do both. It's not perfect by any means, but the goal is to No, but it's a way to bridge the gap. It is. I'm trying to bridge the gap and to not make them someone who says, my friend is the device. Right. Right? My friend is, my device is a tool. Mm Mm-hmm. 
that will allow me to connect and have fun and tell stupid jokes about my dad. Right. Right. That will allow me to tell dumb jokes with my sister. That will allow me to talk to my friends and laugh. Mm. I'm trying to build that. It's difficult because some of their friends don't. Some of their friends don't think the way we think. Indeed. So that can be very challenging. And, and the challenging well, is outside Larry, the if door. If I may interject quickly here. Go ahead. Two, two quick points. If I may, t- and I apologize. So your name is Ashante? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Ashante. Okay, thank you. Um, two points. One, I want to tie in really quick what he said about um, the Second Amendment right? yes. and, and firearms. Let's just put it that way. Yep. That. I was raised in a hunting household. Mm. Okay. My father was in the Italian military. Um, he hunted his whole life because he grew up in rural Sicily, and he hunted a lot when he was a kid for food. Mm-hmm. And sure. Plain and simple. You know, but he taught me from an early age. I would go hunting with my father and his friends, and, but he also taught me the respect of not only yes. the weapon itself, okay, but the fact that, look, you're taking a life, now given it's an animal, okay, but you're taking a life for a purpose. Okay, you're you're you're. No, I get it. I know a lot of hunters who think exactly that way. I'm with you. I mean, to be it's funny. We're talking about the Bronx. I also, of course, was raised in the Bronx too, South Bronx by Mm -hmm. Yankee Stadium. But Mm -hmm. um, I I was raised I was raised in the Bronx also. And my father, he was in law enforcement. He was a cop and he was corrections officer. So he had a firearm on him all the time. Yes. Right. He had one Mm -hmm. on his ankle when he'd go outside. Mm -hmm. Right. He was always having a firearm. And I never was curious. Because he showed it to me. I saw him clean it. I saw what he did with it. It became a tool for me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't afraid of it. And when I joined the military, I joined yeah. the Marine Corps, I worked in an armory. I never thought that they were anything except tools. This is interesting because uh, I saw my father uh, provide my mom with a firearm. It was a twenty-five. Mm-hmm. I remember the little magazine. I remember him sitting down in the house showing her how to load the magazine. Mm-hmm. How to um, load the mag, chamber around, mm-hmm. how to drop the mag. And I'm sitting here with mommy, not knowing anything, not even understanding that this was my first introduction to firearms safety right. and to be, you know, again, now daddy wasn't a cop, but mm-hmm. daddy was a protector. Mm-hmm. Okay. And daddy came in by any means necessary. And this is how we get down right here. Right. right. But understanding that it wasn't done in the, in the, I guess would be the legal sense, but the all of the protocols were followed in the house because my dad was military as well, mm-hmm. and yeah. all of the safety protocols and having things put away. Right, and and I'm now examining the fact that that seed somewhere was planted yes. in me, and um, that was where we are today. Yeah, and I and I've and, never had a fear of guns because I was as a kid I grew up around them and they were just tools in my exactly. eyes. Yeah. I, so I, I never was afraid of them. When I joined the military I wasn't afraid of them. Yeah. And now my wife you, you said you know never put a gun in your wife's head. I have. I've taught my to. my wife how to shoot. And the funny part is when I taught her how to shoot she had never had a gun before. Mm-hmm. And at first of course she was afraid because it was new to her. She, had, she had, there were no guns in her house when she was growing up. To her it was mm-hmm. oh my god gun scary, right? Of course. But as she got used to it, we have to go someplace else to shoot because we can't shoot in New York. So we'll have to go to Pennsylvania or we'll go Does to Utah. Does she have a permit? No. Not, we live in New York City. Uh, uh, Virtually impossible. I, you know that. We've discussed this. Well, we're going to discuss this. but here's Virtually another, impossible. But we're going to talk about this because she is the position that you're running for. How come she can't qualify for a premise permit? She probably could, but we, we just haven't done it because – you know how tough it is. Oh, I'm getting you, man. Okay, he's uh, mad at me twice now. Oh, man, you're going to get oh, it, man. He's got me twice well, now. 
Gentlemen, it's, it's either that or you just move to a state where you don't need it. That's like true. Me, I live in yes. Arizona now. Uh, I completely agree, and that and that may be something that we do too. Who I knows? did Pennsylvania and Connecticut, but, brother. But my, my point being that when I gave her that training, yes. now she wants to, she's done it more than once. Now she wants to go back and do it again. She should. And now she's like, okay, this is good. And, and the baby she girls went from too. I was afraid of this evil thing. To, no, this is a good thing. I'm glad yes, I know this. Yes, it changed yes. by giving her just the experience of it. And, and 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 now when Papa's on the road, you know, but we got to work on that paperwork because when Papa's on the road, even though you got the stigma that most of the people we're trying to change their minds, virtually impossible. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Come hard. on now. We could get the premise permits though. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, yes. Okay. We're gonna have to have something in the house, bro. Okay. Okay. Right. So we're gonna the next conversation we have, and I'm gonna hold you to the conversation okay. now. Let's start the process. We got a good some a good infrastructure in place where mm-hmm. we can get some things done. Okay. But I think we need to take a look at getting her what she needs, and I think I can help you with that. There we will, go. I will, be, I will be more than happy to help you. You know who we have in place that we can help Absolutely. with that. So let's get that done. Good. And, and for anybody and like minds like Larry and I and all the lovers of the Second Amendment, why don't we... Um, Talk about this. So I would like Before to- yeah, tell people where they can go to get information right now, just so Perfect. we get that out of the way now. Go ahead. My name is Bhatina Shanti. I am fitnessfuelandfire.com. Fitnessfuelfire.com. You can catch us on Facebook at Fitness Fuel Fire. You can catch us on Instagram at Fitness Fuel and Fire. And we also have a YouTube channel, Fitness Fuel and Fire. Our number is 646-481. Nine seven eight seven. Let me give you that again. Our contact number is 646-481-9787. Feel free to text us with any questions, any information that we have. We'd be more than happy to let you have it. And one of the things I know you focus on for this is one of your big things you focus on is the idea of helping someone get a license, particularly a permit, particularly in a state where it's tough. In addition to that, yes, um, we also help people who have felonies in New York City who are not aware that having a certificate of relief for disabilities, depending on how severe your crime was, restores all of your constitutional rights, which means they'll make it difficult for you depending on the crime it was, but you're eligible now to apply with your gun permit. There's a lot of people who don't know that. And, but, and a lot of people are getting their firearm permits as a result of having a certificate of relief of disabilities because New York City doesn't expunge and sealing records really won't do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want to come in well-armed. You want to have your dispositions. You want Unintended. to have, you want, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, you, absolutely. And you want to make sure you have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed because New York City is difficult. Yes, it is. But again, I am running across people in New York City. I've just trained a young lady. Who owns a beauty salon she didn't even take the nra class because she has a permit they gave her her business permit oh nice. and her firearm okay. nice okay so i'm starting to discover a few oh, things hold on i want to bring it this is a good point you brought up angelo thank you for your call i appreciate it thank you so much um i'm gonna let you run yes, sir. thank you um, thank you larry bye-bye this is a thing that happened in florida it's it's what you just talked about which i'm gonna bring it up mm. if you remember there was a story i think it was two days ago in florida Two guys go into a jewelry store, jewelry shop, to rob the jewelry shop. The guy's armed. Draws his firearm, defends himself. The two guys flee. Doesn't rob the place. That right there would have been the end of it, but it isn't. Never. Because those two guys then went to a UPS truck driver, 
and hijacked his truck. That UBS truck driver did not have a firearm, so he couldn't defend himself. Mm -hmm. So he became a hostage. Mm -hmm. They drove that UPS truck out, and and about a dozen or so cops chased the the, uh, the UPS truck till it stopped. Those those cops got out, all opened fire, killed four people, killed one innocent bystander, killed both of those guys, and the hostage. We could talk about a lot of things. We could talk. There about- was so much wrong with that. And, but let me yes. just go to the one point I want to bring up. Go ahead. If that UPS truck driver has a firearm, none of that happens. I agree. Right. That, but of all the other best that happened, if he's armed. Those guys back off. Why they backed off when the when the uh, jewelry store guy had a gun? They had a gun too, but they didn't they, want to get into a firefight. They go for soft targets. Yes, the and, UPS and, was a soft target, and we continue to talk about being vulnerable. And then, and again, we are going to have to shift the paradigm. The paradigm is going to have to take a shift. We are going to have to reevaluate a lot of the things that we see here now. In so far as our professional careers, mm-hmm. um, we offer services to all medical professions. Ah, okay. So if you are RN, nurse practitioner, your surgeon, we are trying to broaden our market where we're doing firearm training and concealed carry classes for all the individuals in the medical profession. Uh, you know why I love that so much? Part of my campaign when I was when I there was a the school shooting um, frenzy mm-hmm. is not as newsworthy anymore. Now they worry about the impeachment and everything mm-hmm. else is, is covering the news. But when I was running, there was a big issue when it came to school safety and school shootings. Mm-hmm. And my entire my entire answer for the school shooting piece, not the actual all the match, but this matching, but just the school shootings was allow. Very simple rule. I don't have to put armed guards at the school. I don't have to force anybody. All I have to do is say, if you have a permit to carry and you want to carry, and you are a teacher or administrator, mm-hmm. you may. Mm-hmm. That's it. Once you make that rule, you may. People got mad at me and said, "Oh, he's arming teachers." I'm not. If you don't want a gun, mm-hmm. you don't have to buy one. Mm-hmm. You don't want to bring one to school. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. But if you want to, you have permission to. Once you do that, now these school shooters can no longer plan because they don't know who's armed. I, I which agree makes with that. it no longer a soft target. That's exactly what you're talking about for a hospital. But but the thing is, it's like being at the Waffle House in Virginia. The young lady serving us waffles and sausages mm-hmm. has got a beautiful Sig Sauer 226 on her hip. <laughs> and yes. so, so you understand exactly where you are. Right. Okay, in the time in, in which you do. Here's another one. We offer another service for real estate agents. Okay. Some of the real most, estate. Th- because some of the sisters you're talking soft targets, targets, a lot of the women are showing homes and houses and apartments to complete strangers uh, and they're being assaulted and assailed. Got it. So we offer personal protection well, I and never fi- thought of that. That's firearm safety to real estate agents. Again, another target that's a soft target that we offer classes and training to are all locticians, hair salon, barbershop owners. So we offer um services. Hold on. I want to go back to that real estate piece. That that that's intriguing. What is special in training for that person versus the Waffle House person? It w- it would be similar to the Waffle House person. You know you where you stand with her. 
Got it. So you would actually be telling her that she should be carrying openly? I, I wouldn't suggest, no, my brother, um, because- that's what I thought. It's different, right? No, 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 it's a different no, no. It's environment, a different, right? different environment. So if we talk yeah. in New Jersey, Connecticut, and uh, 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 NYC, it's mm-hmm. going to be more of a concealed carry right. or personal carry. Now, you got to understand, a lot of women are being assaulted by men who have no interest in looking at the homes. They just want a right. female real estate agent, and we have a whole lot of material to- <laughs> To, to support this point that I think that's another soft They're just socket. looking for a vulnerable female. Indeed. Got it. But males as well. Let's not let's not do gender because if if a male is showing an apartment, he is just as vulnerable too. But is it but doesn't the average predator go for the woman because they believe the woman is going to be an easier target? I would say yes to a degree, but the paradigm is shifting and the times are shifting, so I think everyone should be prepared for mm. the, for whatever. You, you, you know, and then we also do for um, hospice and home health care workers who go do people who live in the projects or high crime areas, but they are ah. hospice workers where they have to come people on oxygen mm-hmm. and 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 they're going to high crime areas, but they have to do it. So that's another service Got it. that we provide. So we're trying fitness, fuel and fire is trying to touch all markets. All market. So when we're talking about, well, go ahead. You, you just brought up another part. Then it's, you're, you're talking about my something to talk about my campaign. We had trouble getting in to many urban communities when it came to the Second Amendment. They just they didn't want to hear us. Jesus. And yeah, one of the reasons. Yes, and I think you and I discussed this more than once. Mm. But the idea, and I want to make sure people hear this: if you go to a poor community. The people who are assaulted are very often the weakest people, older people, younger moms with kids. You're a mom with a kid. Someone comes to you and they might kill your kid. You're giving them whatever that person wants. You you will sacrifice yourself for your child in five seconds. Whatever you want, sir, it is yours. Don't hurt my kid. Mm -hmm. Right? If Mm -hmm. you're an older person, an older male, female, you physically can't stop someone. You're older. You can't do it. Some young strapping 20-something. But that firearm, all of a sudden, it's the you great just made equalizer. the great equalizer. But we also exactly offer right. to the elders, the retired, the retired military vets. We just put together a program just for the fun of it, for activity. We got an elder program for activity. Tell me about this. The activity is we do a firearm fundamental class just for the fun. Because remember now, a lot of the elders are prior war veterans. Yeah, sure. But we tend to forget that some of the mothers and fathers, World War I, World War II, Vietnam vets, they're right. just older. Absolutely. And, 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 they, and this is something that was a part of their lives for a long time. Right. And to take them on a wonderful field trip just to put together an elder trip to the gun range plus dinner, mm. a fundamental firearm class just to... Something to look forward to, some yes. purpose. And, we'll, and, and and it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and I think that would, you know, that's a recruiting element and it doesn't have to have them buying guns it's something they've done before they hunted before they right. shot before and we want to re- we want to bring that back here's another program that we introduced Larry that we're working on and it's a firearm safety program for the heart the hearing impaired okay ah soft target soft targets sure Absolutely. Okay. And so, and then we're, we're, we're trying to take it into other areas. Again, we have to be creative with this because we can't reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to find out as a business, how can we touch other markets where people are going to receive it? It's going to be appreciated and it's needed. 
Yeah. And so we're trying to stay into the professional areas. And one more thing we want to talk about a lot of the people who are eligible here in New York City to get their firearm permits that they're so overlooked in the community are these single mothers mm. who have two kids who had the same job for eight, nine, ten years working for the city. They are eligible for their firearm permits. They are vulnerable. Mm. They can have an in-home firearm permit. Single mom, two children, right. working, arm full of groceries, coming in from work. Right. Okay. So we're trying to eliminate and look at soft targets as a consultant and see where Fitness Fuel and Fire can come in and apply our services. This is almost exactly the opposite of what most people think of when it comes to anyone pushing firearms. Hmm. Right. Most people think, oh, firearms, you're a gun nut and you want to go off and shoot bears. Right. That's what people think. Right. And there's not one time in the almost two hours we've been talking that you haven't focused everything you've talked about on someone who's hurting a vulnerable. You have always focused the entire time on that. Hmm. It's 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 refreshing. It's it's a good message that I don't think we hear much at all. Well, I don't think we hear it. Well, my thing is, I, by hanging with you, you've motivated me in ways that at some point I would like to sit with you and some of your people because I'm interested in uh, being a part of the political scene and so far as potential mm -hmm. city council. Oh, I like that. And, oh, you just made my night. You and, called me celebrity yeah. and they told me you want to run. Oh, my God, this is, so I wanna, this is I wanna, a good I wanna, night I for me. I want to talk to you. I want to learn the way. I'm interested in learning the language. Mm -hmm. And I'm interested in finding out what contribution that I can make in so far as pro gunners mm -hmm. and um, adding to an intelligent conversation and finding a way, like you said, bridging gaps. Yeah. There is a whole athletic piece to firearm the art. Agreed. No, I completely agree. And I'm yes. looking to be a part of infusing this into the community in so far as competition. I would love to put together a New York City, inner city, three-gun competition youth team to travel the world. Be amazing. This is what we need, and they can come back as ambassadors. Sure. Not coming here talking that gun-hole madness, mm -hmm. but can talk about, I've been to Japan. Mm -hmm. I have friends in Australia. We didn't win the competition, but I was able to go here and there. I met so-and-so celebrities. We need to sit down, Larry, and take this conversation to another level, man. I'm in, let's do I'm, it. I'm deadly serious. We need to reach into the Asian market. We need to talk to our brothers and sisters who are coming in from India, Pakistan. You mentioned that to me. Tell me about that. I'm interesting. I think there is, again, I'm thinking from a business pie. If I'm looking at a pie chart and it's a business pie, going for a particular market is only 2 to 3% of 360 degrees of business. Sure. And when I said earlier that the gun talk has been basically the yin and yang or black or white, mm -hmm. largely white mm -hmm. in America, to straight talk for straight results. Yes, no, no. No, I'm trying to hurt feelings. So, but we have a whole nother dichotomy if file. Things are taking place in the community. Again, investment capital is coming in from India at, 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 at a monumental rate. Half these buildings are going up. Is investment capital is coming from other countries. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have got something to invest and something to lose here in America. As a politician, as a potential politician, I'm looking to touch all markets. 
I'm trying to well, bring know, as many people to this point. point. I mean, if if you're if you're an immigrant, period, particularly mm. if you're coming from a country which many people would think, oh, well, there that's a Muslim country, right? Right. right. That's going to install some fear in some of your neighbors anyway, by default, right? But no, because of the stereotypical, because you go back to the mind control of the Negro. Mm-hmm. Now you got desert this, mm-hmm. and you got this. This is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's all a way to confuse and divide. And at some point, someone is going to have to actualize and understand what is taking place here and call it for what it is. This is divisive. Mm, Okay. This is dismissive. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we're going to have to have a logical voice, man. You have every right here. You're making a contribution to that. Okay, then you have every right to participate in this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if we have stereotypicals, the average black youth, he's shooting up other black people and right. blah, blah, blah. So it's to be expected here, but it shouldn't be a deterrent. Mm-hmm. And I have taken it upon myself to believe that there are no lines. And I'm not going to allow myself to be a part to draw any lines. That's I- hard to do. Hey, because society is telling you that there are lots of lines, right? Society we're is telling society. you we're society. There's, already, there's lines everywhere. I'm society. I'm choosing to take accountability and um, be accountable for me, okay? Someone is going to have to take a stance. So it's rough, and I understand what it is. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that it's not worth trying. No lines. I would love to train the whole Indian community, two, three, four hundred at a time, I will do a full NRA class, take you to the gun range, and see to it personally that you get your gun permits. I will do a full Asian, a gay community, transgender. This is a big issue. Transgender, big issue right now. I, I, big I, issue. I it's mean, it's not, big, big issue for a long time, but it's now there's a light on it now, right? There's a light for on me. I want to be friends with that community, okay? I have no lines. There, there, was a, there was a saying a while ago that said, Gun rights is at, uh, is actually also gay rights. It's all attached civil rights. It's attached to gay Look rights. Look at you get rid of all the lines again. Listen, um, my thing Did is you this: you get rid of those lines. It's the line. It's like this, brother. If we, I'm looking at business. Mm-hmm. There was one thing I went out to um, the magic show out in Vegas. Yeah. you know where all of the companies, the manufacturers, yeah. the t-shirt yeah. companies. Magic, for those of you who don't know, Magic is huge when it comes to uh, basically uh, uh, clothing Manif- and style oh and fashion. Goodness. Huge. Yep. So so during the time, there was this whole Muslim, Jewish thing. Again, that's their business. Mm-hmm. But that's what they was putting in front of us. Mm-hmm. I'm out at Vegas. I'm watching my Jewish brothers and my Arab brothers who got these merchandising companies. I'm seeing green. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing religion. I'm seeing a Muslim with his arms around another Jewish brother. And they're sitting down doing receipts and they are making money. And I didn't see a line. And so at some point I had to go, maybe I've been deceived or I bought into something that is not as broad as I thought it was. I like it. Okay. And so for me, I'm trying to grow into no lines, brother. So when I'm pro 2A, I'm pro everything. Everybody's welcome in the house of Shanti. Everybody is welcome <laughs> like to that. come and train with Body by Ashanti. I don't draw or discriminate against anybody wanting to get fit, get right with their diet. This is business. 
This is not personal. I like it. Let me, no look, that's the perfect place to... I want to wrap this up on that idea. Everybody is welcome in the house of Ashanti. And everybody here is welcome also <laughs> at the Sharp Way, guys. I want to say thank you so much for having uh, us in your home or on your phone or that evil device that Ashanti hates. <laughs> Whatever that actually was, I appreciate you having it. I want to say thank you to Ashanti so much for coming today. You, brother. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. And I will see you all next week right here on The Sharp Way. Beautiful, man. Thank you, Larry.